Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women who are running for office, from school board to Senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. Today's guest is Lauren Friedman, who is running for state Senate in Ohio. You know how most people turn over a new leaf in January? New year, new you, and all that. Well, I've decided to do that (laughs) mid-August. That's right. I'm starting a new thing, August Intentions. I'm still workshopping the name, but you get the idea. I found myself in a rut lately, and I'm spending an awful lot of my free time complaining about things. I am a great complainer. Grade A, I should teach a master class on complaining about shit. It feels good to complain, especially if you get a lot of people involved. A whole gaggle of people collectively complaining about a common issue. Yes, please. And if that morphs into an entire evening complaining about everything from jobs to relationships to the state of the world, sign me up. But here's the thing. It's miserable to be that person. The person who always complains and never actually does anything to change the situation. Eventually, everyone gets sick of hearing the same thing over and over and over. No one wants to be around that person because they know how the conversation is going to go. So here's where my August intention comes in. I'm still going to be a complainer because why give up on something that you worked so hard to perfect? But I'm going to start doing things too. Not big things. Baby steps. I'm baby stepping my way to change. Baby steps still move you forward. You may not see it at the time, but these small things add up. And baby steps are easy. Baby steps are manageable. Baby steps don't require me to change my whole situation in one go. Baby steps are small things I can do each week to move myself in the direction that I want to go. The end goal may be up on a mountaintop right now, but each step will get me closer to where I want to be than where I am now. Okay, well, I want to go ahead and just jump right in. So who are you and for what are you running? My name is Lauren Friedman, and I am running for Ohio State Senate in District 29. District 29 is the Stark County area, and that is Canton, Alliance, and Maslin are the main cities, and that is about 20 minutes away from Akron, Ohio, and an hour south of Cleveland, Ohio. What pushed you to run for office right now? Well, I went to the U.S. Naval Academy, and Part of the mission there was to develop leaders, not just for military service, but also for government leadership. And so it was always in the back of my mind that that was a possibility. We talked in the four years I was there, we talked a lot about different leadership options and people who had been graduates of the Naval Academy who went on to serve in politics. So it was something I'd always thought about um, on some level, but it wasn't really the the best time in my life right now. I have three young kids, but I was pushed to run because the 2016 election made me very nervous for my children's future and the future of the people that I worked with. I worked in social services and I really felt that I needed to get more involved in local politics. And um, I tried to take more of an active advocacy role in my local community, but what I found was that I wasn't able to break through this barrier of our elected officials who just really didn't care, and they refused to listen to us. So 
it occurred to me that I really needed to be a legislator myself. I needed to run for office myself if I wanted to make really positive change happen. That's really interesting that you talked about running for office in the Naval Academy. Was that something you were thinking of prior to that? Or did that bug get like planted in your in your brain while you were there? Oh, no, I definitely never thought about it before the Naval Academy. <laughs> I, you know, I actually joined the Navy. I started the Naval Academy when I was 17, two weeks after I graduated high school. So um, I was quite young. And I would say impressionable too. And so when I heard these stories of of amazing graduates who really put service before self and did did great things in spite of obstacles, those those stories really mattered to me and that really inspired me. And I think it influenced me more than I realized even at the time. And why did you choose to run for state senate rather than something either more local or even federal? Well, as a first-time candidate, I had to learn everything from scratch. I'd been involved in some other local politics, um, such as levies for my job, where I worked with a a county social services agency, and I did volunteer for uh, President Obama's first campaign. But I really didn't have a lot of experience in political campaigns. So this was completely new to me and it's definitely a big learning curve. I knew I wanted to be in a legislative position and I care very much about Stark County. My last six years of work were working in a position that served all of Stark County and so I am very familiar with the different communities and the different nuances of of the different parts of the county. So when this specific district was available to run for, it encompasses nearly all of Stark County. So it felt to me like a perfect fit. And I felt very qualified and knowledgeable for this specific district. I didn't want to want to run for a federal office right now because I, I love Stark County and I want to serve Stark County. Is this where you grew up? Yes, I did grow up here. Um, I've been a resident of Stark County my whole life, with the exception of the nine years that I lived away because of the Navy. I've lived in Stark County my whole life. Um, Even when I was in the Navy, I still was a registered voter here. I always voted absentee ballot for Stark County. And so I've been very connected here. And now I'm raising my kids here. Are you running full time or are you also working? I am running full time. The position that I was in, it was considered a conflict to to hold that position while running for office. So I actually was presented a choice whether I wanted to leave the campaign or um, continue running. And so I decided to continue running full time and focus on my campaign because it's extremely important to me. To... What was that decision like? It was it was very tough. I wasn't expecting to have to make it, but when I thought about it, I I felt pulled in two directions because I really loved the people that I was working with and working in service to, but I also knew that in this position, I'd be able to continue advocating for them. I'd be able to do larger scale work on their behalf. So it really wasn't a question in my mind. I knew I had to continue with this campaign and, and 
I have not looked back since. I've discovered that it's been a very good thing that I've been able to run full time because there is a lot to do on a campaign. And like I said, I've never run a campaign before. So it's been a big learning curve and I've needed all the time that I can take to do it the right way and give it my full focus. What has the process of running been like for you so far? Well, it's been, as I, as I keep saying, a, a lot to learn. So <laughs> I'm, I've been pretty much taking it a day at a time and I have, and I set priorities for myself um, about what I need to focus on. So in the beginning I had just, I had an advisor from the Ohio Democratic Party and it was just me trying to figure things out on my own. Um, and it, and it worked for a little while, but then around the primary election, which for us is in May, I was able to hire a campaign manager and things have really kicked into high gear since then. And we've been getting so much done. And um, so it's been great to have somebody that can really work with me on a daily basis, as opposed to just having my advisor that I am not seeing in person. I'm still, it's very, very busy. So I'm still doing a lot of community events. I, in the beginning, I did mostly just community events um, to get out to meet people. But now we're also canvassing and doing phone banking and we're still doing community events, but um, those have not as big of a role as the canvassing and phone banking now. Did you do any kind of campaign training or anything to get ready for this? Well, I did, through the Ohio Democratic Party, their Main Street Initiative training, and that was very early in the year, and it was helpful. And I did some online training. I I feel like I'm going to forget some of the groups, but there are a lot of online <laughs> groups, you know, and, yeah. and we're very, very fortunate this year to have so many resources available, especially in support of women running for office. So I've I did, in the beginning quite a few online webinars and computer-based trainings. And I also, through Run For Something, I who's endorsed me, I've been able to do a lot of talking with mentors who've helped me. So it's been, there have been quite a few ways that I've learned things, but they've all been very helpful. What has surprised you the most about running for office? I think what surprised me the most is the power of incumbency. Um, My opponent has skirted the term limits laws that we have here in Ohio by switching back and forth between the Ohio House and Senate with another, a friend of his. So um, for the past 25 years, he's been in the state legislature in some capacity. And in that time, he's had a lot of time to build allegiances with people and he's um, gotten gotten a lot of friendships that benefit him specifically and so there are times when I feel like when I'm trying to get um, our local newspaper to report things about me that I'm doing in my campaign I feel like I'm running against a wall but that is just an illustration of the power of incumbency and we talk about this a lot in my campaign we we try to find ways to um, reach out to 
actual voters instead of worrying so much about things that we can't we can't break through on our own because he's been in office for so long. And when you're going around knocking on doors, what are some of the big issues that your constituents are concerned with? Well, there are kind of a lot of issues here that people are worried about, but one that always comes up is the opioid crisis. It's affected a lot of families here in Stark County, especially, and it's it's a very sad situation, and so people people's families have been torn apart here because of the opioid epidemic. And we still don't have a real solution in place for our county. So that comes up a lot. Also, people are very concerned about just our infrastructure not being maintained here. Yesterday, when I was canvassing, people were pointing out the numerous potholes that were in their street that are sometimes patched, sometimes they're not taken care of. And they talked about why isn't this being fixed? Well, there's a problem in Ohio that the state legislature has and and the governor have actually robbed the municipalities of much of their local government fund. And the money is being held in what they're calling a quote, rainy day fund in Columbus. And so money is not being given to municipalities that's supposed to be. And in turn, they're not able to do the maintenance that they need on their roads. I mean, it's it's as simple as they can't fix the potholes that are in the roads. So they're then having to put extra levies on the ballot and get more taxes from taxpayers because the money that taxpayers are already paying is being kept in Columbus and not being used in our communities. And that comes up in a lot of ways. People are concerned about the potholes. They're concerned about bridges that aren't being maintained that have to be torn down. And and they don't understand why. Well, there's a real solution to this, but right now we have a Republican supermajority that in the state legislature that can do whatever they want. So I keep telling them we need to elect more people to change that ratio in Columbus so that we can get money back to our communities. Are you seeing like a change in people when you're campaigning? You know, we see in a lot of states this blue wave or, you know, lots of women running for office or anything like that. Is that happening in Ohio also? Well, well, I hope with all my heart that there is a blue wave and that there is this pink wave that they talk about with people running for office. I truly take nothing for granted and mm-hmm. I am working to earn each and every single vote with every voter that I talk to. So I don't really know. I for me, I have no idea whether <laughs> there is going to be a blue wave or not, but what I know is the people that I talk to are happy that I've taken the time to work for their vote and they tell me that not a lot of candidates have done that recently. So that's the change I'm seeing, that they're happy that people are being more um, responsive to their needs and want to know what matters to them. So how can people get involved with your campaign? That's a great question, Emily. The, The best thing for my campaign right now is financial support. Fundraising is very, very hard. So when you talked about what is the most surprising thing about campaigning, the power of incumbency was number one, but number two would be how much fundraising you need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think that a lot of people don't realize it's basically like building a small business from the ground up and and there's a very short time that you have to do it. So any financial support will help me to reach more voters through mailing and through more um, yard signs and through ads on the radio and any donation really goes far in my campaign because we're being very efficient with our money and we're running a very frugal campaign. So if anybody can donate, there's a link on my website, which is laurenforohio.com, L-A-U-R-E-N-F-O-R-O-H-I-O.com. And you can also check me out on social media. If you're not able to donate, sharing my posts is a huge help. What are some big lessons that you've learned? Like maybe you thought something was going to be one way, but turns out when you're actually in it, it's like completely different. Hmm. I think fundraising, again, I was terrified in the beginning. <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. I've never done anything like that before. I served I served for nine years in the military, including my time at the Naval Academy. So I was not in a for-profit institution at that point. You know, I was just focused on my job. And then I came out and I worked in social services for 11 years here. And again, that's not a for-profit institution. So I never had been involved in in something where I had to raise money myself like that. Um, So I was very, very nervous about it. But I found that over time, um, I've built up some skills and I'm better than I thought I would be. So I'm happy. (laughs) I'm happy about that. Um, Something else that is different than I thought it would be is the is the support that I that I have found among fellow veterans, especially, and I'm very very grateful for that. So as a veteran, I I guess when I got out of the Navy, I I had to adjust to living in civilian life again, and part of that for me was having to kind of change the way I, v- I viewed my community, and I tried to let just not focus as much on my military service and and focus more on integrating myself back into the real world but I realize now how very very valuable my connections and friendships with my classmates from the Naval Academy and the people that I served with on my deployments in the following years when when I was an officer are are invaluable and those people stepped up immediately and helped me and I will forever appreciate that. Oh, that's really great. Okay, I've got one last question for you. What is one piece of advice that you have for a woman who might be thinking about running for office? Well, it's my one sort of regret that I didn't get started preparing earlier. Um, As I said, this is my first campaign. So I really didn't know all of the work that would be needed in the in the very beginning to get everything up and running like a website and and all the things I needed to take care of financially um, and the paperwork and getting petitions signed. So if you are considering running for office, I strongly suggest you sign up for for one of the many trainings that are available to you um, online or in person. And you start the process of preparing as soon as you think you might be interested. Because you can always change your mind and decide not to run, but you can't get that time back later if you've already missed out on it. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. 
Thank you, Emily. And that is all for today. Big thanks to Lauren Friedman for talking to me about her campaign. You can find Lauren's campaign at laurenforohio.com. That's L-O-U-R-E-N-F-O-R-O-H-I-O.com. And please go check out her campaign's profile pic on Facebook. It's really cute. And you can find that at Lauren for Ohio Senate District 29. Over on Twitter, she is at Lauren, the number four, Ohio. She's Running can be found on various social media platforms at at She's Running Pod. And I'm always looking for suggestions for women I should have on the pod. If you know one, or even better, if you are one, Tweet me or shoot me an email at she'srunningpod at gmail.com. That is it for the week. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.